The Movers, a bump jive, opening up with an old classic late night conversations. My name is Patricia Ntuli. We are together, A-teamers, up until midnight. Ten minutes after ten is the time on your dial. If you're in a hurry to anywhere, please slow down. Uh, You don't want to to have the same experience I had as I was driving here. I'll tell you a bit about it a bit later on. But we are grateful that we are all together, A-teamers. We'll be talking educational conversations, um, looking at uh, the importance of uh, school leavers going into careers which are deemed as scarce skills, especially in the health sector. There is quite a need for this. And uh, straight after that, uh, we'll be joined by uh, Professor Pinar, who is um, going to be telling us about an exciting competition that UJ is having and has opened up to additional languages. Um, This is quite exciting. I'm sure a lot of you would like to find out how to enter for this competition because I know there's quite a handsome sum of money that will be won by those who uh, participate and are chosen. You will obviously know that at 11 o'clock, Zulega Kodasha comes in for the final news bulletin of the day. And straight after that, we go into Closet Conversations. Coach Matau is joining us, talking about sexual expectations in a relationship. It will be quite riveting. The team uh, today is Olegat Kodash in the newsroom and uh, Phineas Ndaba on the technical desk. Benzito Ricotzo is uh, the content producer of the show. Let's get to it. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. We are joined, uh, A-teamers, by Health and Welfare Sector Education and uh, Training Authorities Chief Executive Elaine Brass. We are going to be talking about the importance of school leavers um, and uh, why we should be getting them to consider careers in skilled health sector. Thank you very much for joining us, Elaine. Oh, it is such a, a pleasure, Patricia, and really good to be on your program this evening. Uh, Elaine, it looks like from the reports from the World Health Organization, they've projected that uh, the workforce has a shortfall of about 18 million healthcare workers. And this is going to be a, a huge number that will be accumulated by 2030. Why such a f- huge shortfall when it comes to healthcare workers? Well, Patricia, there's a number of factors, and of course, this is a worldwide number. But in South Africa, we have a common shortage, and uh, we have had a shortage for quite a while now. And some of the the factors that are um, quite evident in our environment is our social economic realities. So, you know, we've got the high burden of disease. We've got high level of interpersonal violence in South Africa. We've got vulnerabilities. We've got destitution and social crimes. So all of these increase the demand for health and social services in South Africa. And then what, well, what is actually quite unique to our country is also our NHI. Um, that we actually busy with and the need for primary health care workers. Uh, we have our constitution imperatives and um, as well as COVID-19 and the increased need for health and social development services. A-team is uh, perhaps you are one who has been considering uh 
changing careers or you want to entice your child who's a school leaver um, to get into these careers that are deemed as skilled health uh, sector careers, call in if you've got questions uh, and our guest is going to be able to answer those questions. 011-714-2006 is the number to dial or you can WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. SMSs go to 41391. Elaine, in, in terms of us in South Africa trying to make sure that we salvage the healthcare workers that we have, but also going out into high schools and tertiary institutions and communities to talk about the various scarce skills that are required in the healthcare sector, what is the plan there? Uh, you know, the HWCTA has launched the careers portal, and the reason why we've launched specifically a careers portal is because um, our traditional way of reaching learners and getting information about career guidance to learners was through going to uh, schools, um, through career guidance, exhibitions, and so forth. And COVID-19 has prevented us from doing this. So we had to find a new way of actually reaching the youth of South Africa or reaching anyone that would consider perhaps a career change, as you have mentioned, in the health and social development sectors. So this is one way where we have actually uh, been able to widely reach and get the message out there about the various careers in these particular sectors. Now, maybe take us through some of the scarce skills. Is it just the the general uh, medical practitioners, registered nurses, or is there other um, scarce skilled healthcare workers that are being sought after? Absolutely. So, you know, there there is this um, perception that the health sector is doctors, nurses, the social development sector are your social workers, social auxiliary workers. But in fact, we have hundreds of various careers within these sectors. And don't forget about the veterinary sectors. So, you know, it, it goes from professionals to technicians and and even to, um, for instance, managers in these particular sectors. So, you know, it's from pharmacists to pharmacist assistants, optometry, physiotherapy, um, even veterinary technicians, uh, child carers, um, cardiac technicians, biochemists. And so forth. So literally, we have a wide range of different careers that people don't know about, and yet is actually very accessible, exciting, and where we have a shortage. A-teamers do call in on 011-714-2006 as we talk to Elaine Brass around uh, the school leavers uh, having to consider um, careers that are lucrative in scarce-skilled healthcare sector. Elaine, it seems that uh, COVID-19 pandemic has, uh, you know, compounded the issues when it comes to healthcare sector and, you know, skills shortage has become bigger and more apparent because we've heard of reports of hospitals being understaffed and not having enough doctors, doctors being called in from Cuba into South Africa to help with this um, uh, pandemic. But my question then is, if we are currently struggling to entice people to enter into the healthcare sector, and we are now also hearing that um, 
those in the healthcare sector have suffered so much with the pandemic. What is it that uh, bodies like yourselves, you know, at the health and wellness sector, education and training authority are doing to show us the public and the um, school leavers that things are not all that gloom and doom in this uh, career path? Absolutely. So with regards to COVID-19, it has shown us how important health care and social services are in our country. And I don't think there's a single South African out there today that doesn't admire the work that has been done by each and every individual. And it's not just the doctors and the nurses. It's um, even as far as the cleaners in the hospitals. One can only imagine. And they're out there in the forefront. And actually, we are also even losing frontline workers. But um, so the pandemic has fortunately also showcased this particular sector. And um, it, it, it ha- um, the pandemic has also made us realize how important human life is and how Im- important we are to each other. So the health and social development sector is about caring, is about um, w- wanting to help another human being. So uh, we, we, we have also um, ensured that um, through, the, well, that has actually assisted us as the HWCTA in um, launching the careers portal and in ensuring that people have an interest and go onto the careers portal and have a look for themselves, the variety of different careers and opportunities in our sector. Let's go to a short break. We'll be back. It's 20 minutes after 10 here on SFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. It's uh, 20 minutes after 10, as I have said earlier, and we are still tackling the issue of uh, scarce skilled healthcare sector workers. And we are joined by Elaine, who is um, the um, chief executive of HWCTA, which is the Health and Welfare Sector Education and Training Authority. Elaine, are healthcare workers being paid um, appropriately, those in the healthcare sector? Because we, we, we've heard over this COVID period, some reports of healthcare workers saying, ah, the money is not enough for the amount of stress that we are receiving and the danger that we are putting our lives in as frontline workers. Absolutely, Patricia. And that is also one of the factors that cause um, vacancies and shortages in the healthcare sector. Um, and, the, and the social development sector, by the way. Um, so, for instance, the NGO sector struggles to attract and retain social service professionals because of the remuneration. But uh, and and as you know, in, uh, with regards to COVID-19, really, you know, we would love to pay our frontline workers so much more because of the value they actually give to us. But unfortunately, there are always limited resources. Um, we we do find that some of our health, very skilled because we do we have such skilled healthcare and social um, service uh, professionals in our country and they are well sought of internationally. So some of them also leave and that is another factor causing the skills shortages in our country. Um, but um, you know you know the remuneration 
factor is actually a, a sensitive issue um, and one that actually won't be, be resolved. But we, ha- we find that the professionals, technicians and other people that uh, take care or work in the health and social development sectors do it through pure passion and uh, just their desire to actually help. Well, then how do we then entice young people to go into the healthcare sector if uh, we are agreeing that um, remuneration is not that grand in South Africa? I mean, yes, the portal has been launched by HWCTA, which is a great initiative for information purposes. But the information versus remuneration, I mean, as a young person, I remember, no one wanted to, to go into careers like teaching and nursing because we knew then that they don't pay well. So how do we then entice young people? Because young people want to be accountants and pilots and doctors. You know, they don't want to be nurses because the the perception is that they don't get paid well. Absolutely. But, you know, there's more than just um, the remuneration. And we want to ensure that we attract young people into our sector who are passionate. You cannot enter the health and social development sectors and the veterinary science sectors without having that passion about um, fellow human beings. So, and and uh, to actually work in those sectors uh, where you do have the passion for that work is actually such great reward. So in, in any career, um, it's great to, to have a, a great package at the end of the day, but it is also important to have that job satisfaction. And in our sector, you're going to get that job satisfaction. Job satisfaction. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, we've got Jay on the line. Atima Jay, good evening. Uh, good evening to you. Can you hear me clearly? Very clear, Jay. Hello. We can hear you clearly, Jay. Go ahead. Okay. You know, uh, Patricia, good evening to our guests. Uh, I think you brought on a very, very uh, potent topic, and I must congratulate you on your choices. And I hope you can come uh, on with your guests like this during the day that many, many more people can be reached and give their input. What I'm going to get at is, especially our youths, when they, from primary school, and before entering into high school, they got to be schooled about lots of things about the careers besides the subjects that they have to be intensely in, be involved. I know what my dad did to us. He made sure we, were, we volunteered ourselves in various sectors. With the result, we came to realize what was our passion, what was our responsibility, and what was our career path. So in this way, I took up a career that was very passionate, and I never felt I worked a day in my life. So coming back to another point is, as our guest says, with how the um, municipal workers, the cleaners in the office, the various, basically even you, where you are sitting and talking to the rest of us internationally, nationally, you are the people that were supposed to get the highest pay in the country, the frontline workers, the educators, the farmers. Without them, 
this country won't revolve. Sitting in parliament and and sitting in our office and just dishing out all the uh, commands and putting it on paper and not really seeing it's working, day in and day out, it's the same thing you are hearing. But the people who get the world going round is the man on the street paying his taxes and not getting any results whatsoever. So our school-going child, if they are taken to various uh, sectors, skill development, schools must be sprung up everywhere. Everybody is not going to end up in university. So, hello? We are with you, Jay. Yeah. Everybody is not going to come out with a degree and have a, a higher diploma level. But the majority of the labor force wants the lower sector to be working. Even if you have your degree, you're going to end up a very good agriculturist and industrialist. So they've got to start at the bottom. Not worry straight away about the high salary level and things like that. You've got to get the experience. And where do you start with that experience? Let's start while they are in school. Thank you very much, Thank Jay. Thank you once again for the lovely program. And you have a wonderful night and our guest. Thank you very much, Jay. Let me go Thank to a you. question here from Jimmy Mpengwa in Middleburg. Jimmy is saying, in the education sector, South Africa needs at least 30,000 more schools and 400,000 teachers to half the class sizes from 40 to 20 today. What are the special skills needed to train school leavers as builders, brick makers, painters, drivers, teachers, just to achieve this objective that Elaine is talking about in the healthcare sector? Elaine? Uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for that that question. So, you know, we, we have to really look at skills develop in uh, de- development in a bit of a different way. And we are turning to towards that that way um, even now. So while um, we have youth in the school system, we actually need to think about uh, where they are actually going to go after they, they leave school. So, um, and um, the previous uh, guest on the program indicated, or, or, or the caller that um, called into the program, indicated um, that... Oh, sorry, and I've actually lost my train of thought now. But um, basically, we have to start at the school level, and um, and and there are so many opportunities, not just for um, youth that want to go into uh, studying f- t- towards a degree. So we have artisanships, and we have uh, mid-level skills that the country needs, and we also have entrepreneurial skills. And we need to now groom these youth already at school level into those various streams. So the country is trying to do this. And we are also trying to match up, um, for instance, the TVET colleges and the technical colleges to the employers to actually say, well, the employers need um, these type of skills. Let's ensure that the TVET colleges and the technical colleges actually um, start developing those skills. So when 
the um, learner leaves the institution, they are able to take up employment. So, so we definitely are moving in a very different way. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it is just going to take a long time. Let's go to a voice note from an A-teamer. Good evening, Patricia. Uh, quite an interest, interesting topic, uh, but only a few problems, according to me. How do what implementation rules or efforts are they using to equip your lower grades of students or explain to the lower grades of students about scare skills? What is the same implementation or rules that they put in place to discuss the same thing with your senior learners and how do they improve it on your more senior level like your universities? Thank you very much for that question, Elaine. I'm also quite a um, interesting, but also a difficult um, question to ask. Um, so in, in terms of, um, you know, we have a variety of learners and some learners absolutely will um, go on to tertiary education in various forms. And, and we have to understand that in any country, we need both um, people with degrees as well as technicians, as well as artisans. So there's a variety of people we need in order to ensure a country is successful. So um, with regards to skills development, uh, career guidance, we actually really need to start, in fact, in primary school level so that uh, learners can understand what opportunities are available. And just because you you are not good at maths and science doesn't mean you have less opportunities available to you. There are so many opportunities. And in fact, at the moment in our country, artisans are earning really good incomes as well as entrepreneurs. So it's not only the the professionals that actually have an opportunity to earn high incomes. But um, like I have also said, it's not just about remuneration. I hope I have answered that to some extent. You definitely have, Elaine. Elaine, before I let you go, I think this is one of the most important things. You have created a beautiful portal. I'm excited about this portal. But one of my uh, you know, questions is always around uh, uh, bursary opportunities. We know that um, a lot of parents are cash-strapped and can't afford to take their turn to education institutions, especially the higher education institutions. So do you pay some of these um, career, skilled careers in the healthcare sector with bursary opportunities? Um, absolutely, we, we do. So we've got 21 seaters in our country expanding over all sectors. 
the Health and Welfare Sector Education and Training Authority, um, in terms of the skills development levies that we get in, uh, we actually put aside most of those levies to fund what we call discretionary grants. Um, when we fund discretionary grants, we, we, we definitely fund bursaries, we fund internships, uh, we actually, um, most of our, our funding also goes to learnerships and um, students funded through TVET colleges. So absolutely, and and um, Patricia, we, we have actually funded millions of rands in terms of bursaries, including this particular year, which is quite a difficult year that we find ourselves in. This is excellent. Excellent work that you are doing as the HWC alongside with all your other partners. Um, Elaine, Thank how you. do we get in touch with you? How do people get their hands on that portal so we can go through the skills and the bursaries that are available? Uh, thank you so much, Patricia. So the skills portal is hw-careers.co.za. So that portal, um, it's it's easy to get onto. Uh, you have to register there, which is very, very easy. And then uh, the portal guides you, you through. So it uh, there's a, a career quiz that you can take. It's a very quick quiz. Um, I've actually taken it myself to actually see how easy it is. And then based on, on the questions that, that you answer, um, the portal indicates what type of careers are available for you in the health and social development sector. In terms of bursaries and, and things like that, if you are interested in a career in health and social development, then it is actually best uh, to, to go through the university. Through the universities, there is the NASFAS funding as well as CETA funding. And in fact, our portal will actually also give you information on how you can access funding as well. Excellent. Thank you very much, Elaine. Have a good evening. Thank you, Patricia. You too. Thank you.